Well, we continue today our series on hope for mental health. I want to read one scripture verse for you. Psalm chapter, or chapter 147, verse 3. He heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. The beginning of a little book called Journey of Hope that Kay Warren has written, she writes these words. Hope is hard to define. What is it? Often it can seem like hope is a mysterious thing that floats around the edges of your mind, then disappearing into thin air the moment it touches your fingers. Hope can be scary. What if you never find it? Maybe hope is something other people experience, but it's not for you. Maybe hope is just a word used by people who have it. Hope can be disappointing. What if you work yourself up to try one more time and things get worse? What if you give it everything you've got and that's not enough? Hope is hard to hold on to, especially when depression, anxiety, unwanted thoughts, and fears crash in. Hope can be like touching a hot poker. You have to drop it. And yet, we cannot live without And that's what we're talking about these days. How can we bring hope into situations that that seem hopeless, especially as it's related to mental health and mental well-being? The Bible offers healing for us. God heals the brokenhearted. He binds up their wounds. And we open his words to try and find out what that looks like. We know clearly what, what... physical healing looks like. You were sick and you get well. And it happens most often fairly rapidly. Uh, Sometimes miraculously rapidly. Uh, Mental health seems to be a different bit of an issue. It usually takes longer, is more challenging. And sometimes healing in the issue of mental health doesn't mean you no longer struggle with, with an issue of mental health, but that you're able to live through it and work through it and find that the journey gets easier with the help of God. John Townsend, a Christian counselor, gives this definition of healing. Bringing God's solutions for growth to those areas of our lives that are not working the way God intended. Healing. Solutions. Growth. When things aren't working the way God intended. If we're to have hope for our mental health, we will need infusions of grace, of truth, and of love. An infusion of grace is important. We need to come to understand and to remember that God is for us. You have his unmerited favor. You have his willingness to speak into your heart and into your life and to move forward with grace. Hebrews 4.16 says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. That grace is important because so often when we struggle with mental health issues, we don't feel like there's anyone listening, no one that we can turn to. We don't feel like anyone understands what we're experiencing and, and what's happening deep within us. And yet the grace of God says he knows 
and he's there, and he's with us, and he is for us. We all need infusions of grace that God can speak into our heart and into our life. There must be an infusion of truth because it's truth that helps us, that guides us, that instructs us. The little video clip you saw a moment ago uh, speaks to us very clearly about truth. Jesus prayed to his Father in John 17, 17, Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. That video clip in this little diagram is is called a circle of hope. I, I know you can't read that really well, but it gives you the idea. I'll talk you through it. But at one place in the circle is when we struggle with mental wellness. Sometimes we have these feelings of, of self doubt, self-hatred, self-loathing. Nobody loves us. I'm not good enough. And yet the reminder of the scripture is that we are all loved. God loves us with a full and complete and a powerful love. 1 John 4.10 says this is love. Not that we are loved, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Sometimes we think we don't matter. Especially people who struggle with suicidal thoughts and ideas have this in mind, thinking that it won't matter if I'm not here anymore. No one will miss me. I'm not doing any good. What difference does it make? I don't matter. And yet the instruction of the Bible from its beginning to its end is that God has plans for us. He has a purpose for us. Jeremiah chapter 29 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Those are God's plans for us. You do matter. You do. There's a purpose for you. And it's one of the blessings that we can come to to understand that no matter what seems to be happening in life, God has a plan. He may not have put us in the situation we're in. It might not be his will that we're experiencing what we're experiencing. But underneath that and behind that, he has a plan and a purpose. Sometimes when we struggle with issues of depression, we just want to give up. And in the midst of that giving up, the Bible reminds us that we always have a choice. It tells us that when life is difficult, that we can choose a different path. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. And certainly we're all knowledgeable that we're jars of clay. We feel it, we experience it, we, we know where the cracks and the fissures are. We know where the challenges are. And yet in the midst of that, we, we have a choice. When we feel like we don't fit in, the Bible tells us we belong. That we're a part of a body of Christ. And that each of us is important. 
and has a role to play, a place to lift up. When we feel useless, we're needed. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Sometimes getting over that feeling of uselessness is simply remembering that because we've experienced something, we can help someone else who's struggling just the same. And sometimes the way to mental health and wholeness is to take our eyes off of ourselves and to realize that we're needed, that we can offer something to someone else that is struggling and hurting. And so we need this infusion of, of truth. The Bible says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And when we're struggling with mental health, most of the time, the things that we're thinking about, the thoughts that carry through our mind are not the truth of God. They're a creation from somewhere else. And we need that infusion of truth and grace. But we also need the infusion of time. We need time. My experience with people who struggle with mental health issues is that healing from mental health issues rarely is instantaneous. Rarely. It's, it's different than coming to Christ in faith for, for our salvation. When, when we pray to God and ask him to, to forgive our sins and make us part of his, his family, his kingdom that we sang about earlier, he does that in an instant. The prayer of faith saves us. The Bible teaches us also that the prayer of faith will make us well, but I usually find that that's not as quick <laughs> It takes some time. And so we need the infusion of of God's grace and truth and the infusion of willingness to give time for a person to be healed. I have a portion of this scripture on the the screen for you, but I want to read a longer portion from 2 Corinthians 4. Therefore we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. An an infusion of grace, truth, and time are all required when God brings his healing to us for issues of mental health. As we think about that as a congregation, which we're we're thinking kind of on a macro scale last week and and this week, the next few weeks we're going to bring it home more personally and talk about some specific issues, depression and anxiety and maybe another issue of mental health over the next few weeks that focuses more on the individual. But as we think about this from the macro level, the the 30,000 flyover level, there are things that as a church we can do to care for people with mental illness. I want you to think about that in this acrostic, just simply church, to think of, of 
of it this way and to remember it this way. Here are things we can do as a church to help and to care for people with mental illness. We can care for and support people who are ill. We do that quite well when there's physical illness. Sometimes we're not so quick to do it when it comes to mental illness. But Jesus reminds us that you must be compassionate just as your Father is compassionate. That's a part of the call of a Christian is to to be compassionate. I've shared with you glimpses into my family life as a boy and uh, and beyond, uh, living with my dad who struggled all the time with mental illness. When, when I think about that support that he got, I think about three places. First, I, I think about family. I begin thinking about my mother. And the, the years almost, they were married a little over 50 years when my father passed away. At least 40 of those years were a struggle with mental health. I don't honestly know if my dad could have made it without the support of my mother. Uh, Saint isn't a strong enough word to describe her. We need family. When someone is struggling with a mental health issue, we we need family. Again, I I think about my dad, and I, I remember my mom. I remember my grandparents. I remember his siblings. He, he was from a very large family. He was the oldest of eight children, actually the oldest of nine. One died as an infant. And he was, uh, that was just one little part. His mother had uh, a large family, and so he had uh, dozens of cousins, and some of them that he was very close to. And I remember how that support network really helped. He had family around that made a difference. He also had friends, one in particular, a man named Bud. Bud was a a guy in the community. He also attended our church, but he was more than that to my dad. He, He was a friend that just carried him. They would do all kinds of things together. Their favorite things to do together were hunting and fishing, and they took trips all over the place hunting and fishing. And Bud was someone that any time my dad was beginning to have a real challenge, things started sliding downhill, he'd go talk to Bud. Probably more times than I could even know. He was with Bud, and Bud was encouraging him, helping him, lifting him up. We need that for each other. We need it. And we can help with practical needs. You know, when someone's struggling with mental health issues, there are just all kinds of things that they will ignore. They will not pay attention to. And family and friends and the faith community can step in and and help them with practical needs that make a real difference. And as a church, we can unleash volunteers. There's all kinds of places around the community where we can plug in and help and serve to make a difference for people struggling with mental health issues. But for us, a part of our our crawl stage, if you were here last week, you you remember I talked about our church's efforts in this uh, in the coming months. 
Uh, we're going to crawl before we walk, and we're going to walk before we run. But part of the crawl stage is just to uh, volunteer to help and be a part of a support group that we're hoping to, to create in the near future. The biggest thing is to remove the stigma. People don't talk about mental health issues. They don't talk about them because when they've tried to, if they're the ones dealing with it, they've learned quickly that most of the time they're going to be shut down. The people they try to open up to, at least at first, shut down. Uh, I think there are good reasons. Well, I, don't, I shouldn't say good reasons. There are reasons. And most of the time, it's simply because we don't know what to do to help them. We don't know how to help. And so we don't know what to say. We don't know how to support. But we need to remove that, that stigma of, oh, you have a mental health issue. Oh, you're crazy. You know, even the language we use around that. While people don't maybe not say those things out loud, they're in the thoughts and in the minds, and people catch it. They understand it. You don't even have to speak it, and they hear it. And so we have to keep working at removing the stigma that a mental health issue is an illness just like any other illness. The person didn't ask for it. Uh, most of the time didn't create it. They might be doing things that prevent them from getting well, but they didn't create it. And we can work at removing that. We can collaborate with community. One of the ways we're doing that is uh, to team up with Pastor Kaufman from Evanswood Church of God. He's going to be doing some work with us and helping us to train some leaders to, to lead support groups. And then offer hope. I love the words of Kay Warren. She said, nobody can offer hope like the church of Jesus Christ. I think that's true. You know, if there's any place in the community that people ought to be able to come and get help, it's the church. They ought to be able to find in the church a, a listening ear, a helpful hand, an open heart of love to receive people just as they are and help them continue a journey to health and wholeness. You've heard me say many times, if you've been here very long at all as a part of our congregation, I really believe that the church ought to be a safe place for anybody to recover from anything. That's really what we ought to be. And so we can be a place that offers hope. Prophet Isaiah, speaking for the Lord, said, I will transform the valley of trouble into a gateway hope. That's what the church needs to be. Do you need hope today? Do you need hope for yourself or someone you know that is struggling with mental illness? The Bible says God heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. Turn to him. Find him. Point others to him. Because God is always ready, arms outstretched, to bring help and healing to those who are broken. Let's stand together.
thank you, Lord Jesus, for the chance of thinking about these ideas together. To talk about mental health, to talk about an issue that we don't often talk about publicly. For most of us in this room, it's a journey of learning, seeking to understand, to to have compassion toward those who struggle with this issue. And Lord, I pray that you would do that in each of us, that we would learn and grow, that our love would increase, that the resources that we can have at our fingertips would, would be learned and shared so that people can be helped. Lord, I also pray for those in this room that are struggling with the brokenness, whether it's depression or anxiety, whether it's a bad habit pattern that is a result of of poor mental health, whether it's an eating disorder, whatever it might be. Lord, we pray for them that they would find the truth of the scripture that says he, he binds up the brokenhearted. He heals them. Lord, in the quiet of this moment, hear the prayers of your people gathered here as they call out to you, seeking your help. Flood into their hearts and into their minds. Fill them with your love. May they speak experience the warmth of your presence and know that there is hope whether it's for themselves or someone that they care about very deeply there is hope thank you jesus in your name we pray amen